a lot of people just don't even understand how LinkedIn works. They don't know how to write a profile. They don't understand that it's really a great branding and marketing tool. And it's free. So, you know, for all of those reasons, everybody needs to spend the time, which, you know, maybe it's going to take you a couple of hours to update it and really make it look like it's uh, something you'd be proud of. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 661. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. And I'm thrilled to introduce our guest of the day, Robin Ryan. Robin is a career counselor and best-selling author and so much more. But Robin, I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you are so welcome. Robin, for people who don't know you as of right now, could you give a brief introduction and tell them more about what you do? Sure. I'm a career counselor and a best-selling author of eight books. Uh, the most popular, that's called 60 Seconds and You're Hired. I have been on Oprah. I've been on Dr. Phil. In fact, I've been on 2,000 TV and radio shows, as well as a lot of podcasts. Um, but every day what I do is I'm a career counselor. I work with individuals just like your people in the audience, and I help them write their resume. I help them with uh, interview coaching, writing cover letters, and doing LinkedIn profiles. I love this. And even though a large portion of the audience is entrepreneurs, the resumes are still so important, especially when we're thinking about the proposals that we send to clients. Absolutely. And they need to be strong. They really need to demonstrate, you know, that you've got the credibility to do that project and they should pick you as opposed to picking somebody else. And the other thing that's important is having a good LinkedIn profile where that will attract business to you, that will bring prospective clients. There's over 650 million people on LinkedIn. So you don't want to miss that opportunity. Robin, last night I was cleaning up. I, In full disclosure, I have a team member who handles my LinkedIn for me. But last night I went in and was looking at recent connection requests. And I think there were 200 waiting, which wow. from, that's a lot. And of the 200, maybe seven had a personalized message for me. And I saw quite a few that said, for their headline or their summary, you have, you have the correct verbiage, you're the expert, um, looking for new opportunities. And I didn't, I don't know a, a thing about what they do. And in full disclosure, I declined those invites. Looking for new opportunities doesn't tell me a darn thing about what the person does. Absolutely. That's a huge mistake. Um, you should be creating that LinkedIn profile to demonstrate your company, or if you're a consultant, your expertise, being able to outline, here's my skills, here's the area that I can help you at. Um, for example, what I do is, you know, I address the job hunter and say, you know, I can help you land your job faster. If you're a plumber, you know, you want to be able to say, hey, if you have a leak, call me, I can take care of it. If you're in the Cincinnati area. Um, so things like that, you want to 
really address what do you do? How can you help people? Um, what's the service or product that you provide? And a lot of people just don't even understand how LinkedIn works. They don't know how to write a profile. They don't understand that it's really a great branding and marketing tool. And it's free. So, you know, for all of those reasons, everybody needs to spend the time, which, you know, maybe it's going to take you a couple of hours to update it and really make it look like it's uh, something you'd be proud of. I've seen a lot of these where, Kim, they're just so bad. And it, it, you, you think to yourself, I would never do business with that person. You and me both. I, I just shake my head. And there's that part of me that's the the chronic giver, and I say that in a good way, who wants to reach out and give a couple suggestions. But if I did that for every bad profile I saw and any social media platform, I would never have time to myself. Uh, I agree. Well, the fact that we, I write, you know, three or four of these a week tells you that there's a great need out there. So (laughs) um, some people recognize it, some people don't, but you know, from a business standpoint, you want to always use the marketing tools that you can. So if you have a good LinkedIn profile, don't underestimate the fact that your prospective clients are going to go and look you up. Mm -hmm. And if they're not impressed, they're going to pick somebody else. I went through a major transformation with my LinkedIn in 2019. And before I changed the verbiage, which again, in this needs to be addressed on a, how often do you recommend that your clients revisit their profile? Because I would have to say it's been six months and I already need to update a lot. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, once a year for sure, but, but you need to go in and touch it. You need to use it. The algorithm is going to pick you up if you have a great headline, but you have to be active on it. That means you're posting. That means you're responding to people that say they want to connect with you. Um, you know, you can't just put it up and ignore it. Uh, it. And it gives you the opportunity to post. If there's something about your industry, you read an article that you think is interesting, all you got to do is Oftentimes I do them from my phone where I simply, you know, hit the right button and say, okay, LinkedIn, I write a little comment and I post and that interacts with me with all the people that I have in my network and everybody in their network and everybody in the network connected to that. So, you know, you really get your message out and I would really encourage you to realize that you're ignoring something important if you're not working on this personal branding tool. Mm. What I had before I updated, and listeners have heard about this before, I had a lot of fluffy text. It, oh, no. It had oh, no. no substance. Yeah, I told people, and I'm embarrassed to even admit this, just wait until you hear what I had in 2008, though, on my LinkedIn profile. That's even, okay. that's like 10 times, 10 times 10 gazillion worse. Okay. But, um, what I had in early 2019 was I help entrepreneurs set up system self-care and support. And there was nothing in that that let people know what I actually do. And when I changed it within, actually, this must have been the end of 2018. It doesn't matter when I changed it, but within a couple of weeks, I started getting 
like solid leads that we're converting from LinkedIn because, oh my gosh, now they realize that I'm an Infusionsoft expert. I'm a marketing automation expert because it's right there in my, well, it goes from my LinkedIn URL to my headline or summary, well, both actually in my headline and in my summary, and it goes all the way down. So there's no question about what I do. In 2008, in 2008 though, I just had to share, I, I got laid off. Mm-hmm. A mix between, well, I'll call it laid off slash fired. Okay. And, and I... everybody. Uh-huh. It, it needed to happen. If it hadn't happened, then I wouldn't be here talking to you today. So this was a good 12 years ago, but I didn't realize the value of LinkedIn. And I I was also a completely different person. And I went on there and I expressed my displeasure with my my previous employer. Oh, oh, bad move, bad move, bad yeah. move. Yeah. So when I realized, oh my gosh, this is like a resume, I should probably take that off. Um, and I don't even... I share today experiences that I've had, but I never use names. I'm tempted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think we all are at some point when we've been done wrong, we're tempted. But for the most part, it's usually a good idea to keep those details to yourself. And And that's true when you have a resume, that's true on LinkedIn, it's true on social media. And the reason being is if you start bad-mouthing your employer, um, the next employer is going to look at that and say, oh, well, that's what she or he is going to say about me. And and they'll pass you by. So you want to be very careful. You know, tell your dog, tell your spouse, tell your partner, you know, tell a trusted friend how angry and upset you are because losing your job is huge. It, you know, in the stress level, after you have, you know, lost a child, lost a spouse, losing your job is number three. And so don't, don't say to yourself, you know, well, they, they did me wrong. And then you broadcast it to the world. Big mistake. You know, if you, mom was right. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything publicly at all. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And one of my good friends shared with me, she was at an event last year and somebody said from the stage, they said, share your, share your scars, like the lessons that you've learned, but don't share your wounds. Mm-hmm. And that was so impactful to me. Like it resonates in my brain every single day because I, at the end of 2019, early 2020, I shared a 19 lessons I learned in 2019 series with my list and with my blog. And I shared the less, well, it was the lessons learned, but I, it wasn't fresh in the moment. It wasn't overheated. And it was just sharing, well, it was sharing real life scenarios that the readers could take and implement into their own life without letting any of the details that had gotten me to that lesson with the public. So the same thing. I actually was reading an article yesterday about an Instagram influencer. And here's a perfect example about why you don't see anything. An Instagram influencer who was sued by her ex-boyfriend for defamation of character. Oh, see? Because she was... be careful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... What would you recommend for 
Well, let's just use an entrepreneur. I mean, this could be very much like the somebody who's unemployed and looking for a new job, but for an entrepreneur who's looking for their next opportunity, how do you recommend that they verb, not verb, uh, write their headline to get the new opportunities in rather than looking for a new opportunity? Well, there's two things here. The first thing is, you know, uh, keeping the customers that you have uh, and having them come back, that's really important. But to get the new customer, you want to create a good LinkedIn headline. And that headline needs to say what the job is that you do. So, for example, um, you know, mine says career counselor, uh, best-selling author, uh, able to help you land a job faster. So that's my tagline, right? But those are my two big keywords, job search and career. And so for you, if you were an accountant, you might say accountant, uh, fine tech, you know, because that's the area that you work in. And then if there was something else you wanted to add, maybe you were also uh, uh, specialized in a certain area, taxes. So you would have it that way. Doing things like that, because the LinkedIn headline is the most searched of all of LinkedIn. So that's where you want to come up for people. And, you know, it doesn't just come to you. You really have to spend some time, think about it. Um, You know, what's your brand? What are you trying to put out there? Who are you trying to get to buy your product or your service? And then, you know, you go into the summary, you write about it because you have your job listing there. Um, Keep in mind, you don't take the resume and just copy it and paste it into LinkedIn because that's a huge mistake. For example, the LinkedIn summary is supposed to be written in first person. What can you do for them? How are you going to help that customer? What's the product? What's the service? Uh, Maybe you throw in a little testimonial. Uh, Those are the kinds of things that are going to influence people to contact you as opposed to contacting your competitor. Robin, thank you for bringing that up because I have seen so many profiles where the person really did just copy paste their resume into that section. That's what the experience section is for, in my opinion. Yeah. And in the experience section, they want to see some results. They're not interested in the job description. They want to see a couple of results. So when I write it, I usually write down, you know, what your responsibility was. But in the next couple bullets, I take and put in what is the top result or the top two or three results that you achieved on that job, right? What, what do you do? What do you contribute to your clients? How do you help their bottom line? Because if they're, help, if they're hiring you, we're hiring you for a product to make our life better. We're hiring you for a product to make our productivity better. Or we're hiring you for a service. And hopefully that service is going to aid us in our bottom line so that we're going to be able to make more money. So that's the piece that I think is really important that we have to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the value that we give to our clients or our employers. Absolutely. There was a time, probably 2015, 2016, where I was working with a a LinkedIn lead generation expert who helped people automate getting connections. And -hmm. I realized that this is against LinkedIn's terms of service. That's correct. At that point, I 
was I had not signed up for his service. I had in full transparency for a short period of time, but I'm no longer using it. I haven't used it in years, LinkedIn, so please don't shut me down. (laughs) What I had also done was I had researched other ways to get more connections. And I had heard about Lion, what's it, LinkedIn Open Networkers. And I went crazy connecting with as many of these Lion people as possible. But then I realized, I think I was in some type of training in late 2018, early 19, that I was focusing on quantity versus quality. How do you recommend that your clients connect with people? Are they they connecting with anybody who sends them a request? Are they connecting with their ideal employer or client? Who should they accept connection requests from and who should they not? And I know that the answer could take up a whole episode of its own, but in short, how would you recommend? Okay. So keep in mind what's your objective. So as a career counselor, um, we accept people that, as long as it's written in English, we, are, we accept people and we respond to their questions because a lot of times they're saying, you know, I need help with LinkedIn or I need a resume written or I need interview coaching. Can you help me? That kind of stuff. Um, that, but I'm a public figure. Uh, I have all these books out there that are advertising not only my services, but, you know, how they can help people if you read the books. And so consequently, my uh, goal might be very different than your goal. Suppose you're trying to reach a certain kind of clientele and you're doing marketing to bring people into LinkedIn. For example, if you're talking to an audience, like I'm going to be talking to an audience next week. And one of the things that I do in my class is say, you know what? I have over 3,000 human resources and recruiters on my LinkedIn profile connections. So, you know, if you're looking for a new job, I highly recommend that you connect with me and go to LinkedIn, find Robin Ryan, spelled R-O-B-I-N-R-Y-A-N, and link with me. So, see, it's your target audience. I'm right in front of the people who can hire me to do my services. I'm there. They're listening to me. They like me. And so that's what I call a hot group. And if you have any opportunities to be in front of hot groups, you want to make sure you link up with them. Suppose you're in Rotary. You know, you want to link up with all the people in your Rotary because those are people you interact with. And as they know more about the services you provide, they're more likely to send you clients and customers. That's how you decide. The other thing, too, is um, for most people, LinkedIn is really uh, big about connect with people you know. When you're getting random strangers that are just posting them out there because they just want to build up their connections. A lot of people turn those down, and I think that's wise. You know, you're trying to build a network of people that you know that can help you and that are willing to help you. Now, remember that you can meet new people, and as you do, go to LinkedIn and say, great, it was nice meeting you at the networking event yesterday. Let's, Let's connect. See, but that personal message to Kim makes a big difference as opposed to the let's connect that they automatically do. It absolutely does. And with the people who I was going through last night, the ones who sent a personal message, because it was obviously personal for me, even if I 
I, I may not have accepted all those connection requests had they not included the personal message because I have been very specific about who I accept. I work primarily with business and life coaches, you know, so unless I've met the person or unless they're a, some type of coach, then I usually don't accept. But these people did take the time. They had something that they wanted to talk to me about. They let it be known in their short message because you only get a few characters with those messages. And I accepted them and I've already been in conversations, which was incredible. If I can take that one step further, when I was accepting everybody, I started noticing that my inbox, my email inbox was getting stuffed with newsletters that I had not signed up for. And the biggest clue that this was coming from LinkedIn for me was when I started taking a look at who I had accepted recently. And there were, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this industry, so please don't hate on me listeners, but there were quite a few from the cannabis industry. To this day, in Ohio, it's only it's only just became medically legal. Okay. And, and I knew that I wouldn't have signed up. Plus, I'm allergic to it. I, I never smoke. Mm-hmm. So this was not something that I, a newsletter that I would have signed up for. Right. But people, it's mm-hmm. definitely not what I wanted. I, I have enough trouble. I have a goal every day of keeping my inbox under 50. Mm-hmm. And this was not helping it. And it drives me absolutely donkey bonkers when I push accept and the next thing I know I'm on somebody's list because I did not give permission. Well, and and here's the thing. People don't care that you didn't give permission. They have your email now. They have your contact information. And so they put it on what you and I would consider spam. Um, and you start getting all kinds of, of things in not only in, and it's like, um, do you want the service, you know, or there, there, I get a ton of, you know, I can help you reach bigger goals and reach more people on LinkedIn. That's the ones that I get all the LinkedIn marketing people. And I get a ton of those. And it, you know, it's discouraging because you're like, um, it would be great if you were writing to me about like in your case, writing about your podcast or saying, giving feedback saying, you know, I really like this show. This show really touched me or this was really helpful. Um, but that's not what they're doing. They're just using it. So you can't be just a user. Remember, LinkedIn is a resource where you've got to be giving information. And then as people ask you for information, be able to respond, have maybe an email already kind of prepared that's, that outlines your service that you can kind of copy and paste and just you know tweak it a little bit so it's customized. That's going to be a better use of your time and you're going to get higher quality people. Absolutely. And you're not going to risk having the, the, a suit against you or a fee because you've, I mean, especially for listeners in Canada, you, you can get a big hefty fee slapped on you for doing that. Just don't do it. And it doesn't take more than two seconds to say, Hey, I have a, I have a free resource called da, 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 that you may be interested in. If that person is actually interested in, would you mind if I send it to you? And I, I'll tell you that people who you actually ask that question to, from my experience, so appreciate it. And they appreciate it even more when they say no and you don't send it. Well, and I think you have to be really 
clear with people, you know, uh, for example, on your summary page, you know, we have this free article about blah, blah, blah. Um, on my homepage, I have a free article with that I write for Forbes and I took six of my LinkedIn articles. I edited them. I put them all together and it's a how to guide to create your LinkedIn profile. It's free. You sign up for it. You know you're going to get newsletters because it tells you you'll be getting Robin's newsletters, you know, career newsletters. But my newsletters are like once every other week. And the people that sign up for them are the people that want them. You know, I don't, I don't want to have the whole world on my list because I've got to pay every time I send out one of those big newsletters. Um, You've got me laughing over here because every day when I send out, I'm sending out quite a few emails right now. I've finally gotten visible. So when podcasts go out, when my, when my lives go up, I'm sharing that with my list. And I actually cheer when I get the unsubscribes because I'm in that same boat. I'm paying extra every month now because I'm over my infusion soft limit. Yep. And so, so it makes a big difference. And, you know, you're bringing up things too that, are people doing full marketing? Are they really taking this all the way around? I mean, you can't just create a LinkedIn profile and think, okay, I'm going to sit back and it's going to bring me all this business. You know, you have to be active on it. You have to post, you have to have quotes, you respond to other people. You, Like I said, you read articles and you post those about your field and comment about them. Um, and so that's the way you can also get more attention. You, you want to be careful about who comes to sign up for you. We don't want to waste your time. We don't want to waste your money. Um, and I don't know about you, but I get upset when, you know, I find out, okay, I just mailed to 200 people that have no interest in my topic and they cost me money to mail to them because they're just clicking on, you know, click, 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 click. And it's easy to do that. So, you know, be be thoughtful. What are you going after? Who can help you? How are you going to reach that goal? It's the, you know, here we are. And you want to be thinking about if I have a goal for the next six months, what is it? How many LinkedIn profiles? And make sure you say qualified LinkedIn profile. Hmm. How important would you say that video is in a LinkedIn profile? You know, I use my video because I have a clip from Dr. Phil and I have a clip from Oprah. Okay. I would say that that's pretty stellar. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't put a lot of video on. Um, I don't, they do say that people will look at the videos if you put them on, but you know, you can't just have a video that says, hi, I'm Robin. How are you today? You know, that's not going to attract people or hi, I'm the best you know, a consultant that you're going to find, you won't find anybody better than me, hire me. That's not going to work. If you're going to use video, it needs to show you as maybe in front of an audience where you are speaking and you take a clip that's really important and you share something, some kind of big tip. Um, If you're putting up posts, they need to be tips. They need to be helpful about your topic. So uh, if if you're a tax accountant, you might say something like, okay, this year, are you aware that there's a new deduction and it's blah, 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 blah? Or did you realize that you lost all of these deductions? You know, you really should read this article that talks about what you can and can't do anymore. So do you see, it's something that's of value to people. 
and it, it would reach out and it would reach more people. Thank you for saying that because my friend Richie and I have had multiple conversations about lives because that is one of my visibility methods from here on forward. And he gets so tired and I, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. I just need to put that out there. I have very concentrated times and go in, do what I went to went to do and get off. But he gets so tired of getting all these live notifications where people just get on and they talk random. You know, did you have a point of getting on this live today? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I, I shared with you, Robin, that just before we hopped onto this call, I went and I redid a live because when I did it the first time earlier today, I had a screen share and I didn't realize that when I started sharing the screen and turned off my video, that my voice went with it. And But I had a point. I knew what I was going to talk about. I knew the outcome that I wanted my viewers to achieve. And it wasn't putting money into my wallet, people. It was to give content, give value to anybody who watches. Like I want to make sure I'm trying to build my no like, and trust factor and open up the conversation to opportunity, to ways that we can work with each other, but not by treating it like a dirty first date where I'm putting my, my tongue down their throat. You know, I hate to put it like that, but that's exactly how it feels sometimes. Like, hey, I just met you. Let me shove my stuff at you. No, no, let's have a conversation first. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free, short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. I want to ask you, and I'm going to ask you, but I want to bring up something else first. I know listeners are curious, and I know I'm curious about how Oprah and Dr. Phil happened, like how you got on the show and what you on the shows and what you talked about. So, can we come back to that in just a moment? I wanted to ask before I forgot. Mm-hmm. But at at one point, I had a sequence that I was sending out, and this was while I was using the automated tool, where I would invite uh, new connections to hop on a virtual coffee with me. And unfortunately, with how marketing is going these days, a lot of people got put off because they assumed that I was going to sell something right away. Where mm-hmm. it's always my intention to hop on, get to know each other, see what we have in common, see what we don't have in common. How can we support each other? Who's your ideal client? Who can I send your way? And I'm, I get in trouble because I don't sell enough. I just want to put it out there. But I found that for the people that I did have virtual coffees with, who I connected through LinkedIn, they turned into amazing friendships and amazing referral partners and business acquaintances. And it was just by taking that 15 to 30 minutes. I don't really have time for that or that much time in my calendar for that right now. It's a very busy time in my business, but I would love to start doing maybe once a week, once a week or a couple times a month where I hop on a virtual coffee. Maybe I'll even just open it up to podcast listeners and email list subscribers. You know, what are you up to? 
I think mm-hmm. I just fixed that problem. I don't want to open up to the general public, but mm-hmm. I love that getting to know you. It's like the courting stage, you know? Well, and realize that every networking event that you do is a potential to bring you new business. Maybe they're not going to use their service, but they're going to tell somebody else about your product or your service. And that can make all the difference in the world because, you know, you don't know who those people are connected to and who they might know. You brought up something I think is really important. Since we're talking about goals, you know, one of the career development goals that I recommend for everybody, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a job hunter, if you're unemployed, doesn't make any difference, is do networking once a week. Do something where you're networking and you're meeting other people. And when you meet somebody that you think you like, foster that relationship. Send them an article or two. You know, call them up. Maybe try, if they're local, eventually try to meet them in person. Say, you know, I'm going to this this special event. So-and-so is talking. Would you be interested in going? Um, Things like that, sending out invitations. And the reason being, you want to get to know them. They need to get to know you. But then they're part of your network. You can't just expect to, you know, send them an email and say, hi, you know, it's nice to meet you. So-and-so said, you know, we should chat for a minute. And, you know, you send a text or two or an email or two and then you're done. So think about this. If you did a networking event, now you can do a live event. You can do an online event. Um, but you got to meet one person. And that's the key. You, you, you know, if you go to something where everybody's talking and you introduce yourself to 100 people, no one's going to remember you. But if you sit down and you're having a meal, you talk to the person on the right and you talk to the person on the left and you give them both your business cards, you follow up saying connect on LinkedIn. You know, that's the beginning of a good networking relationship. That is so huge. And I, I need to embarrass myself for a second. I have finally hired an accountant who I was actually introduced to from somebody who's across the country, but this accountant is in my small town here in Ohio. Okay. Our first meeting, our only meeting so far was on Zoom. Mm -hmm. That's all right. (laughs) Which is so embarrassing to admit because it would have taken literally, if I hit every single stoplight, it would have taken me maybe seven minutes to get to his office. But in that day, I didn't have the 15 minutes to worry about stoplights. But I love how you're talking about meeting new people. I mean, I I was looking at my calendar earlier today and just trying to figure out where I'm going to go this year to meet new people. And yes, my town is a great place to start. But even beyond there is a podcast. I mean, there's so many great events that I can go to around the country. But even beyond that, you know, well, you you're an author and a speaker. And I mean, even things like, you know, National Speakers Association, I would love to get in at the the low level. I don't have enough speaking engagements under my belt to be professional level, but I could go in at the academy level and go meet people in my area and build relationships with them. And there's local networking groups in my town. So for you listeners who are at home in your yoga pants, which I am admittedly in my Dr. Seuss pajama pants right now, get dressed once a week. Yeah, get dressed once a week, get out of your house. Robin, you saw me because I turned on my camera. My, I have makeup on, my hair is done, I have on a nice sweater, but look below the belt, 
Dr. Seuss pajama pants. (laughs) I'm not going to say what what my pants look like. So (laughs) Uh, let's put it this way. You can't see me on video, but I have on a jacket and a beautiful blouse. I did makeup. My hair's done. And so, you know, because that's what you see. Uh And it's all about branding and image. So (laughs) Um, keep in mind, I think this is a really important point, Kim, and we have to stress it. Find a club. Find an activity, find an association, you know, something in your field. If you're if you're a, a product manager, find something in your area. If you're a project manager, you know, there's a big association for that. If you're an architect, big association for that. Join those. Go to those meetings once a month. Get to know people in the field. Get to know what's coming up, what the new trends are, what the new things are. Um, You know, sometimes business comes to somebody and they can't do it and they could refer to you. So don't ever think like that's my competitor. They're going to steal my business. So I don't want to know them. You know, it doesn't work that way. And uh, one good organization I really like that I'm connected to is Rotary. And I meet a lot of really good people in Rotary. They're very service oriented. And so, you know, you have to pick. But a professional association is a gem. So if you have the opportunity to go to live professional association meetings, definitely make the time to do it. I am ashamed to admit that I have never looked into Rotary only because that is how my parents met 40 plus years ago. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes, they met in Rotary, but they didn't last that long. So I, well, it's not this is old, horrible. I yeah, associated organization anymore. No, so you know. <laughs> okay. Well, they were, they were in their late twenties when they met, but I had always put their, <laughs> their bad relationship and rotary together in my mind. Ooh. And I know that's not fair to rotary. Yeah. So I need to look into that and see, I mean, there's a chamber of commerce in my town that I've lived here for 15 years. I've been, I've had my business now for eight almost, and I have never been to a chamber of commerce meeting. What about the people around you too? Think about this. Do people in your community know you? Do people, you know, oh, heck no, Do you I, know, this is so- horrible. I don't think my neighbor across the street knows what I look like. It's like um, the net Sandra Bullock from early nineties. Yeah. Like if I went missing, they wouldn't know what I look like. And so, you know, you can't just stay at home. Networking is personal relationships. Now, you can meet people online. You can use Zoom. You can use Join Me. You can even use Skype to see them. You know, you make a better connection when you can see the person and they're visible and you're interacting with them. So that's important. And you have to put networking down. I think it's the type of thing where a lot of people ignore it. When they're job hunting, they want to network, network, network. But as soon as they land that job, they stop. And if you're a business owner, think about this. Part of your job is to be out there marketing your company. People got to know who you are and what you do. And the only way they're going to know is if you're out there and you're meeting other people. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have that all-important business card, and the business card says exactly what you do as clearly as possible on it. That is so important. And my closest entrepreneur friends come from events. I mean, I meet with a couple of them a couple times a week for accountability, and we keep each other going. And by the time this episode goes live, well, let me just back up a little bit. In the fall of 2019, I 
spoke at She Podcast Live. This was my first ever speaking, and I absolutely loved it. And apparently, they liked me because now I'm speaking at um, Podfest in March of 2020. Again, by the time this episode goes live, that would have that will have already happened. But I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity had I not been to these various events. And while I might, while my neighbor across the street doesn't know what I look like, I have been out there and I do have that, that community and I'm meeting face-to-face. I love how you said, Robin, that you can get on Skype, you can get on Zoom, you can connect face-to-face. And that's really important. I, I get so much out of those face-to-face conversations, even when I'm having a mama hair don't care day, Mm-hmm. You know, when we are on camera and we can look in each other's eyes and support each other in the best ways, it's so um, impactful. My first, my first ever uh, client interview back in 2012 was actually via Skype. And I didn't realize at that point that Skype had video capabilities. I don't know what decade I was stuck in, but I, <laughs> I was not in 2012, Okay. Or maybe I know I must have had some clue because I, I do remember we cleaned up the living room. We were in an old apartment and we made sure that all the laundry baskets, because my quote office was just a desk in the, in the corner of the living room. So we made sure that the laundry baskets were out of view. And listeners, if you haven't heard this before, be prepared. I'm talking to this guy who just keep, well, actually he's talking. He had a monologue for about a half hour, and mm-hmm. I look up and onto the corner of the screen where I can see my video, and right above my shoulder, my cats, a male and a female, were doing it right oh, in the middle of the living room floor. Okay. They, were, they were both fixed, and thankfully, this guy was so busy talking to himself, I think. I ended up getting the project. Isn't that hilarious? He was my first ever client, but there right above the screen, my cat's er, <laughs> my shoulder behind me. And yeah. I, I tapped my let's husband. Let's see what people are going to see. Um, yes. I thought this was going to be live video. So I cleaned up my desk, right? And let me just tell you, I got this stack of papers on the floor because I'm a creative soul and creative souls got papers everywhere and you know their projects and I got notepads written here and there and believe it or not I know where stuff is don't touch my mess because I know where things are so amen to that I have I I got this from my parents but I have stacks on my desk and it drives my husband crazy but I'm like don't touch my stacks I know what's in that stack I know what's in that stack it might drive you crazy. I've reduced clutter as I promised in my marriage vows, but do not do not touch these stacks right here. It's like okay. <laughs> Don't. Well, I mean, yeah. I think talking about networking and LinkedIn and how we use these tools to help our business. I think a lot of people, when they're busy, ignore them. But remember, you're not always going to be busy. And you can't just network. Like, you can't just say, well, the summer's my slow time, so I'll network then. You have to be networking every month. You have to be doing a networking activity every week. Because you want to keep building that sphere of influence and the people that you know and the people you want to get to know. That makes a big difference. Um, You know, I... I also think, too, that um, someone might introduce you to somebody. 
Some people are worth talking to. Other people, maybe you think, oh, there's no reason why I should talk to them. But if a friend or a good contact says, I'd like you to meet so-and-so, take the time to meet them. And, you know, like we said, do a virtual coffee, do a virtual tea, do, you know, I got 10 minutes, I got 15 minutes, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Actually, one of the previous episodes is with my friend, Sam Louis. Listen to the episode. It will be in the show notes, listeners, Um, because I always pronounce his last name wrong. But we were in a course together in late 2015, and there was a live event that came along with the course. And he was there, and he messaged me through Facebook, actually. But this could have easily happened through LinkedIn. He's like, hey, Kim, I'm at the event. Do you want to meet up for coffee? Well, I coincidentally was not at the event, but we hopped on a virtual coffee afterwards. And he's now one of my closer entrepreneur friends. And that was five years ago now. Mm-hmm. We have to make an effort. Yes, we all absolutely. have to make an effort and realize too that um, one of the things that I do is that I, as I meet people, um, sometimes, you know, they'll say, we should talk. And, and I shoot them an email and say, look, it, let's find one hour where you and I can talk. Mm-hmm. And I make sure that we chat and I get to know them and I get to and I ask them about what they do. And I try to get to know them as a person, too. You know, do they have integrity? Um, you know, are they going to be a good referral if I were to refer people to them? And whatever it is, I, I'm not trying to get anything from them. I mean, it's not like I'm instantly thinking I got to get business from this person. You know, I'm going to I'm going to tell them all about me and I'm going to get business from them. That's not networking. Networking is meeting people and, yes, sharing what you do, but also being a resource to the other person. Um, The more you're a resource, the more people will seek you out, the more business you will get. Believe me. I still want to get back to Oprah and Dr. Phil, but as a podcast host, I have seen that there have been so many times, I mean, I know the value of going on podcasts in this year. I want to personally go on other people's podcasts more because I've been neglecting that side of podcasting to host my own. But I, I have myself provided so many referrals to my guests here because the relationship that we were able to forge. And there have been multiple times when we hopped on and, and I don't mean you and me, Robin, clear, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but where the guest and I have hopped on and we started chatting and all of a sudden we realized that a half hour went by. We're not going to have time <laughs> to record the episode today, but let's reschedule. And they have turned into great friends. So even being on podcasts, I mean, it's it's huge. It's a great way to form relationships. And I have personally hired guests to to work, I don't want to say for me, but to provide me services because I trusted them after that relation or after that conversation. I think that we learn about people, we really get to know them, we get to see who they are. All of that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And um, remember, you're a person, and I want to do business with people I like. And I don't want to do business with people I hate. There are some people that you just have to do business with that they're the only one that sells the service or the product in the area and you don't have a choice. But you know, you groan about it every single time. So think about that. It's You may be having a bad day. Things may not be going right, but you want to project 
the positive part. Always remember, tell your best friend, don't tell your new contacts. Well, business is terrible. You know, if I don't get some new clients here right away, I'm going to go under. I mean, that's not going to bring you new people. That's going to drive people away from you. Amen to that. I am done with the ifs. I'm all about the wins. And when I went through a major life shift in 2008, I I started to, well, up until that point, there was always a dark cloud over my head, but that dark cloud is gone. And there are days I need to be reminded, keep your chin up. This, this too shall pass. Everything is overcomable, but you don't, yeah, you don't need to share your, your clouds with the world. Keep it happy. So, okay, I'm dying to know. How okay. did you get on Oprah and, and Dr. Phil? How did that happen? Okay, so we'll start with Oprah. And I think this is really important for every entrepreneur out there. Um, it was my dream to be on the show. I had my book, 60 Seconds and You're Hired, with a very small press. And um, I was doing a lot of speaking engagements. And so I was in front of a large audience and you know, I did my speaking and then I was signing books afterwards. And one of the people said, you are so good. You should be on Oprah. And I said, oh, wow. Well, you know, that's my dream. And so afterwards, when the program was over, the event planner said to me, hey, my cousin just became a producer at Oprah. For, and so I'm happy to share his contact info with you. So I was like, yeah, right. You know, but anyway, um, sent the contact info. I went ahead, I shot him uh, some, you know, I, I shot him an email and I explained who I was. And in the subject matter, I put referred by, and I said, your cousin, and I put her name and I heard back. And so wow. over the next year, we fostered a relationship. He spent an hour talking to me. He asked me to send him his package and he said, don't send him to the address on the website, I'm going to give you a special address so it will come to me directly. Um, so they had private, you know, mailboxes so that they could get the information. And how it worked was they present your information to a group of all the producers in Oprah, and then it gets approved. And then you sit in a pool of potential people that they can put on the show. So about a year later, and I stayed in contact with him about every quarter. Um, he called one day. And just so you know, I'm a very calm, collected person, right? I just want you to know that, that when I walked into my office and my secretary said, Terry Golder called, and I just went, ah, <laughs> wow. you know, I was so excited. And she looked at me and she goes, obviously, you know who he is. <laughs> I was like, yeah, obviously. Um, <clears throat> Oprah changed my career. Okay. Yeah. She put me on the map. She put my book on the map. 60 Seconds and You're Hired became a major bestseller. Here it is, fast forward, you know, uh, 15 years later, it still continues to sell. I update the book. I'm with Penguin. So I'm with Penguin Random House, a big house on that book. And, you know, my speaking engagements went up. My counseling fees went up. I mean, it was amazing for my business. Because Robin, were you prepared for that? Um. It was my dream, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody wants to be famous and recognized. But um, yeah, I was ready because, you know, when I came back, one of the first things we did was there's about three weeks before the show airs live. We did all kinds of publicity. I had so many, t- you know, local TV, you know, had me on. I did newspapers. I did, um, you know, blogs, all kinds of things. We sent the information out to just about everybody. And we made a really big deal about it. 
brought a lot of clients in, but it continues to bring people in. I can't tell you how many people say to me, I saw you on Oprah and I'm like, okay, I was on a long time ago, but it's on my website and they watch it and I don't have to tell them I'm good. They, they make that decision mm. based on the fact that I was on that show. And I will tell you how I got on Dr. Phil. They called me in the morning. They said, look it, we need a career coach for tomorrow. Wow. We need to fly to LA today. And I'm looking at myself. It's like, oh my God, my hair needs to get done. I think, do my roots need to be colored? You know, you start worrying about stuff like that. Right. And, uh, he says, now you were on Oprah, right? And I said, yes. And, um, I told him who the producer was and everything. He called back 20 minutes later saying, okay, since you were on Oprah, we want to fly you down. We want you to be on the show. And I mean, that got me that next big show, you know? So I got to do Dr. Phil a few times. Um, I got to do a lot of other radio shows. I do big and small. I don't just say, okay, well, I did the blockbuster. I don't need to do anything else. I do any radio, any TV that comes my way because that's how I get my message out. That's how people learn about me. That's how I stay in the public eye. And, you know, you've got to have something that's going out there that connects with people. If you don't, right, you're not building your business. You're not building your brand. Um, if somebody else could have taken that Oprah opportunity and just been conceited and said, oh, the business is going to come to me. But I market it. I make sure that I continue to, you know, use it in my description of who I am and what I do because it's a credential to me now. Um, it's more important than the fact that I have a master's in counseling and education. I'll tell you that. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, my, my college degree has nothing to do with what I do. I want to touch on one thing that you just said. I mean, we can, but morph it a little bit. I was sharing this morning on a live. I did that. I batch create content to go out. I mean, my Pinterest and my and my Instagram are full for the next two months. That's just for the posting. That does not include live posts that I do. That does not include going in and engaging. So even for LinkedIn listeners, you might be using some type of social media scheduling tool, but that does not uh, negate the need for you to go in on a regular basis and engage with people. That does not negate the need for you to be publishing hot uh, articles in your industry that just came out in real time because that's when they're relevant the most. You can be pre-scheduling your own stuff, but make sure that you're in there on a consistent basis. And that's where I have failed every single year in the past, just to be totally honest. I forget about the real-time engagement because I get so caught up. And you mentioned this, Robin, I get so caught up on the work I'm doing right now that I forget about the fact that I still need to be present and staying visible to people who might be hiring me in the future. I write content. I write for Forbes. So once a week, I am posting an article. And um, some weeks, we get lots of viewership. Some weeks, we get a small viewership. I always say to myself, you know, you just never know. But I always write a top quality article. No matter what I put out there, the content is excellent. And I'm really careful about that. I know how important that is to my brand. I know how important that is to help me. And so I think that you have to really think about what am I saying? How do I say it? If you can't write, suppose you're not a good writer, hire somebody. You can go to like uh, the freelance websites 
and you can hire somebody to be your ghostwriter, but you want to be telling them what the content is. So in other words, you talk to them on the phone for say 15 minutes. You say, here, this is what we got to talk about. I, here's my two points or my three points that I want to get across. They'll write it for you for a fee and you'll be able to post it. After you do that a few times, start trying to do it yourself, mm -hmm. um, you know, because nobody knows your business better than you do. And you should be the person who understands what's going on in the industry, what people need to know about, what they need to care about. Um, tips. People want to hear tips. People want to hear, you know, content that's going to help them. So it can't be all about you. I don't write an article that's all about me. I write an article that's always about my client, what my client's problem was, and what the solution is. That's the kind of content you want to post. Robin, especially now, yeah, let me try that again where I'm not combining two words into one. Especially now knowing that you are a creative type, and I am as well, and do you remember the movie Working Girl from the 80s? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. I need to watch it several times a year. But I love how um, she puts different pieces together to come up with her grand idea. And that's how I come up with my content, too. I see this inspiration here, and then I might see a couple other little pieces of inspiration here and here. And all of a sudden, they create this great big firework. And I'm like, wow, I see it now. And that's where my content comes from. So, Content has to be high quality. Don't put anything up that's going to hurt the brand. Always keep that in mind. This represents me. You know, if your mother would read it and she'd be proud of what you said, that's the kind of content you want to put up there. In other words, you're helping people. You are talking about a, a product that's a solution to a problem. And so, you know, in your bio, you say what you do. Believe me, people will come and find you. You don't have to hit them over the head and say, I'm the solution. I'm the best one. I'm this. I'm that. You know, no, you put it in the bio. Yeah, absolutely. Just put, a, put a little bit in your bio about who you are. That's what's going to work. Robin, this has been an amazing chat. I have loved every single second of it. And you have me thinking about some things that I need to change like immediately, but they'll have to schedule them. But where can listeners <laughs> go to learn? Yeah. If I go do everything, as soon as I think about it, I'll never get anything done. But where can listeners go to learn more about you, see your chat with Oprah, um, inquire about your services and all that great stuff? Um, go to robinryan.com and I'll spell it for you. R-O-B-I-N-R-Y-A-N.com. And you, you can find out all about me and you'll see about my books. There's a lot of resources on my website that can help you, especially if you're looking for a new job or if you're interested in LinkedIn services or resume writing services, all that information is there. Amazing. Thank you. And for listeners who are driving, trying not to burn dinner, et cetera, you can go to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP661 and you'll find all the links right there. Robin, I want to thank you so much again. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? Keep in mind, marketing is something that you have to do all the time. It can't be something that you do when you need business. So make sure that you're devoting 15 or 20% of your time to marketing to increase your sales. If you can't do it yourself, then maybe you have to hire some services and some outside resources to help you do that. But that's how your business will continue to grow and continue to prosper. And if you don't have that, 
you know, you're going to have slumps, you're going to have big projects to work on, and then you have a slump. So keep in mind, marketing is an ongoing, constant thing. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level. Uh